0: This morning, uh, we're going to be looking at grace. Uh, Pastor Aaron's been through a series on the rhythms of grace. And so he he had told me, when he told me within the past 24 hours that that I'd be up here, I thought, well, I'm going to preach on grace, you know, kind of stay within the... I didn't know what he was going to be doing specifically, but I figured, well, that's the series he's in. I'll kind of stick with the series. But then I thought about it, and I realized... Well, that's the whole Bible. The whole Bible is grace, from grace to grace. So that doesn't really help me know what I'm preaching on, just to say, well, I'm going to preach on grace. So, but he, he is focusing specifically on the rhythms of grace. And so, it kind of made me think, as I was just praying about, okay, God, what would you have me to just focus on, and uh, specifically in, that we've been in, in this series, as we learn through what that looks like in our lives, to have a rhythm of grace, you know, to have a pattern that um, echoes grace in our lives. And so uh, one thing about grace is that it's part of God's flow. And what I mean by that is that there's a, there's a way that God works that's always it's going to be one thing and then the next thing, and it's it, not backwards. God can work in different ways and with different things, but for some things it's always... One thing and then next thing in that order. And when it comes to grace and peace, it's always grace, then peace. You, you don't flip it. It's, it's grace and peace. And we'll, we'll look at what, what exactly I mean by that and, and why it is that God does it that way. But when I was also thinking about rhythms of grace, it reminded me of a, a story that I heard about a, there was a band playing, and you know each. Guy in the band had a different instrument, and there, um, you know, one had the guitar and one had the drums, and uh, they were they were playing. And um, but you know, everybody was in the crowds watching, listening, enjoying the music. And uh, they noticed one guy in the band; he played the same note the entire time, like didn't didn't stray from it. It was the same note, and like meanwhile, all the other band players are just going back and forth, you know, on their guitar or you know the drums or you know changing it up and um, and meanwhile, you see this one guy, same note the whole time. And so afterwards, somebody went up to the guy and said, Hey, I, you know, it was a great you know, uh, show and uh, performance. I, I really enjoyed listening to it, but I couldn't help but notice you kind of were doing the same note the whole time. I mean, was that on purpose? Did you kind of forget what you were supposed to be doing? And he said, Oh, no, it was on purpose. And the guy said, the, You know, the person who was asking said, Well, why were you playing the same note? He said, Oh, well, you see, the note that I was playing, I already found it, and that's the note that everybody else was trying to find and looking for. But that's kind of how it is in the, in the Christian life, is that when you found that right note, that note that um, you're, you're in that rhythm of grace, and you have that, your heartbeat is lined up with the heartbeat of God, you know, it, it can look frantic around you, and everybody, you know, trying to figure out what makes melody in their hearts. But the Bible says, you know, He's the one that makes the melodies in our hearts. He's the one that brings the praises uh, that come forth out of us in our lives. And so, that's something that we're going to see here, and, and how that applies to grace. So, uh, for the first, we're going to look at a few different passages. We'll be in, a, we'll jump around a little bit this morning, so uh, have your Bibles ready and your fingers ready to, to do some turning. So Ephesians, um, Philippians, and then Acts is, are the passages we'll be looking at. We're going to start with Ephesians, and like I said, we won't go through the, the entire passage, but we'll look at a few different verses um, about grace and peace. But before we get into the, our first passage of Ephesians, like I said, the Bible is grace to grace. And I'm just going to share a few. These are not what we'll be you know, in specifically this morning, but just to kind of echo that theme that it's always God's order of grace and then peace. Uh, so let me just read a few verses to you. Romans 1, 7. To all those in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. First Thessalonians 1, 1. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians and God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace. 2 Peter 1-2. May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Okay, so let's look at Ephesians. So you see, same thing. Grace, peace, grace, peace, grace, peace. Uh, So Ephesians chapter 1, if we get that on here. Uh, I'm going to kind of look at, you know, like I said, we'll look at a few different verses specifically. Uh, So if we go on to verse 2 here, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. There it is again. We've already looked at Romans, Thessalonians, Peter. Here it is again in in Ephesians. And then let's go ahead and um, let me just pause right there. So let's get to the, the heart of why is it Always grace and then peace. Why is it always that order? The reason is, until you know the grace of God, you will never experience the peace of God. Until you know God's grace, you'll never experience God's peace. You can't, you can't flip it around and do it in any other order because it is because of his grace that we have peace. It's because of the grace that He's given to us through His Son, that that's what made peace with us, uh, us and God. But also, it's on the vertical um, level, but it's also on the horizontal level. Until we learn to have grace amongst uh, one another, there's not going to be peace amongst one another. And so many times the world tries to flip it and say, well, we just need peace on earth. You're not going to get it without grace. Without grace, peace doesn't happen. Because grace is what makes the the way for peace. And that's the way God's order has always been. That's the way from the beginning and all through the Bible, you you have to have grace before you have peace. And so we see that here. So we're going to look at the grace and the peace of God, but there's also another set of things that God always uses the same order with. And again, these things, do not you can't flip them. And that is repentance and faith. Repentance and faith. Until you repent, and repentance is, of course, turning from where you, you were and turning towards God. And then faith is, is believing in Him, trusting in Him. Until you turn, because you can't have faith in God if you're not even you know, looking at Him. If you're not looking to God, you're not going to have the, uh, faith in Him. He's not even in the picture until you turn to him. So grace and peace and repentance and faith. Those are the four quadrants that we're going to be in this morning. Um, so let's continue. First, start looking at grace. Uh, so we already seeing, you know, in the verses that we've looked at already, the the order that's been um, shown to us. And, and continuing in Ephesians here, uh, let's go to verse six and verse seven. Uh, verse 6 says, To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has blessed us in the beloved. So Paul is, is highlighting that you know, it's a, a glorious grace. Um, it's not, you know, uh, there's a, a book called Cheap Grace and by Dietrich Bonhoeffer, but it basically talks about that grace is not, part of what makes the value of grace grace is because it still does cost something. It's free to the one receiving it but it still costs for it to be given. And it costs, the ultimate grace is, you know, we know it cost Jesus his life. He laid down his life so that we could experience the grace of God. So to, anytime grace is dispensed, there was some sacrifice, there was some cost in order to make it grace because uh, somebody paid the price for that grace to be bestowed. And so it's a glorious grace, that God's grace is glorious. And verse 7 talks about, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. So grace is glorious and grace is rich. It's glorious and rich. Uh, in fact, you know, there, it's been said that you know, the, the acronym for grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. So you, there you go, you hear the cost, Christ's expense. But through the expense that Jesus paid, we have the riches of God. We have, We are uh, in his family, we're brought in his family, we receive um, what the eternal life that he gives because of the grace that, that um, he's given us. So we have glorious grace, rich grace. Now let's jump over to Philippians. And Paul kind of echoes this whole theme again in Philippians. So we'll go to Philippians chapter 1 here. Just catch on the theme. So here's the rhythm of grace uh, that we're seeing here. Uh, Philippians 1, it starts off saying, you know, Paul introduces himself and, and go to verse 2. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, anytime you find Paul saying that, it's going to be in this order. Uh, Philippians, and then let's go at verse 6 and 7. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion in the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. We're all partakers of grace. And that's uh, you. there's a hymn that says uh, that that there's always room at the foot of the cross because there's always grace. His grace doesn't run out. Um, He he says later on in this uh, chapter, the grace that God has lavished on us, meaning that it overflows. It's that river does not run dry. God's river of grace. And you know, when I was looking at grace and peace, the number one, and you probably, anybody know what the number one hymn, not just the number one hymn, but the number one song of all time, all history, Amazing Grace. I think it's no coincidence that that's the number one song because deep in our hearts and man's hearts, they know that we are in need of desperate need of grace before anything else can be right, before we can have peace, before we can have joy, before we can have any of the other things that, that we need, if there's not grace there, it, the other is all for naught because grace is it's the what gives us the ability to have access to all the other things, to have the, the peace of God, to have the, the joy of the Lord. Um, so Amazing Grace is the number one song of all time and then among that, you know, the uh, other hymns that fall in the, the top uh, percent, uh, percentile is peace, his peace. Um, and I think, again, those, those two themes are echoed throughout the Bible, throughout you know, um, writings and for Christians through, through the hymns, grace and peace. And it's because we're all partakers of it. Um, Paul needed grace just as much. In fact, Paul sometimes was spending more time talking about the grace that God had given to him for him to be doing what he was doing and that he was so in awe of God's grace that God let him serve him in that way and that God brought him from you know, where he was you know, as Saul and we know the story to him becoming Paul. That was, a, that was an act of God's grace. And when you see the awe of grace that's what compels you to give grace. You know, when you Experience forgiveness, that's what compels you to be forgiving. Uh, You you can't give it until you've experienced it, until you've received it. And let's look at the end. Now we've looked at grace, and we've kind of seen what what it is that uh, grace consists of. And um, let's go to the end of Philippians. Because Paul kind of starts out Philippians talking about grace, but then he starts ending Philippians talking about peace, because that's the flow, that's the rhythm uh, of God and the order of God. So, Philippians uh, chapter 4, we'll start at uh, verse 4, in Philippians chapter 4. So, uh, he's saying, Rejoice in the Lord. Again, I'll say rejoice, you know, until you experience, you know, when you experience all these things, you're going to rejoice in the Lord. That's, that's what brings the, the joy of the Lord. Uh, and then going on, on to verse 7. Verse 7. Again, Paul's rejoicing. Uh, verse 7. This, and the, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Okay, so now, like I said, Paul's going to start talking about the peace of God. The peace of God surpasses all understanding. And that's, you know, if you think about it, for it to be, a peace that has that surpasses understanding, it would have to be a peace beyond our understanding. I know that that almost sounds like you're doing, you're tripping yourself in, in trying to think of that. But for you to be in a moment in which the peace of God surpasses all understanding, you're going to have to be in a moment where it's beyond your understanding. You don't understand it. You don't understand why it is the way it is. You don't understand um, what the circumstances, or you don't understand. You, what God's doing, well, that's the point. It surpasses our understanding because whether we understand it or not, the peace of God is still there to, to, for us to rest in and to um, be still in and to know that, uh, that God is, is with us, and that, God is, that He is God. So the peace of God surpasses all understanding. It guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Our hearts, our minds, uh, you, this is all under the realm of God's peace. And continue in verse 9. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. So he kind of changes the order of what he just said. The peace of God, and now he's talking about the, the God of peace. Well, the, God, the peace of God comes from the God of peace. You know, that's common sense uh, that you know, Jesus described himself as the prince of peace. He is our source of peace. He is our peace. He's the one that helped us have peace in our relationships. Um, he's the one that, that brings peace in our lives, in our hearts, in our minds, uh, like he just said. So here we've looked at grace, we've looked at peace. Uh, then all the way back to um, the end, very last verse in the book of Philippians, verse 23. Let's get to verse 23. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. So Paul kind of completes the circle, okay? He, because they, they go hand in hand, and you if you lose one, you know, in that circle, then the circle breaks. They, you have to have grace and peace together the whole time. So we're gonna pause, and we're just gonna look at the the grace of God, the peace of God. These are things that, again, like I said, it's vertical and it's horizontal. Um, First you have to experience the the grace of God and have peace with God before you can experience the the grace and peace that he has for us to have in our lives. So I want to pause and and have some time of prayer. I'm going to ask Sidney if you can just play a little bit and some background. And I I want us to pray. I'm going to give a few different things for us to be praying over. uh, But you'll just... Uh, just bow your, your head and close your eyes and uh, let's reflect on that let's reflect on grace and peace so when it comes to the grace of God I want you to ask in, in your heart am I resting in God's grace am I acknowledging God's grace the graces that, that are all around me uh, from creation all around me to the things that He's blessed me with, the um, the people—it's all—it's all His grace. For the work that you do, for the experiences that that you've had, for all that um, that life has has brought to you, for your your life itself—that's grace too. That you're you're here and. Living, breathing grace. So just take some time and, and thank God for His grace. Reflect on His grace and praise Him for His grace and, and His ultimate grace and what He did for us on the cross and to give us eternal life. That's, there's no greater grace than that. Next I want you to think about the peace of God. The peace that God gives and brings in your heart, in your life. The fact that you have peace with God because He is our peace, because of the Prince of Peace, Jesus. Reflect on the peace that He gives even when it's beyond understanding even when you can't make sense of it, even when it's not how you would have had it to be. And the peace of knowing that though there may be turbulence in life, we have a smooth landing already promised to us that We have peace with God and we have everlasting peace with Him in heaven. God thank you for your grace thank you for your peace thank you that it's always in that order that we experience peace because you give us grace that we have your grace is sufficient as your word says it's sufficient for all of life and all of what life brings it never runs out and that your peace is everlasting. It doesn't change with circumstances or uh, it doesn't fluctuate in different moments. It's rock solid, Lord. Thank you that you lavish your grace and peace on us. Amen. I'm gonna have I'm gonna jump over to repentance and faith. Like I said, you can stay up here because I'm gonna have you play a little bit after we look at repentance and faith. So let's jump over to Acts. We looked at grace and peace. Now let's look at um, repentance and faith. So we're gonna you're getting two sermons in one today. So um, Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. This is where Paul is before he's. Uh, he's actually talking to the Ephesians. So we were just looking at his letter to the Ephesians. This is where he's he's talking to them in in person um, in Acts chapter 20. And let's start at verse 21. So here's Paul talking to them about repentance. Testifying to, to Jews and Greeks of repentance towards God and of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. So here Paul's telling them, repent. You, you turn to God, toward God, and then you... you have your faith in Him. You put your faith and trust in Him and to, for Him to save you in the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and then in verse 24 of this passage, Paul starts talking about his own life. Like I said, you know, Paul, Paul was a billboard of God's grace. He you know, let God's grace shine in his life. So he said, But I do not account my life of any value nor is precious to myself. If only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. So, again, bringing grace right back to the forefront here. And then, uh, lastly, we'll look at verse 27 in this passage. Verse 27. And Paul tells him, I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. So he's saying, the whole counsel of God, that, this is, that you're going to have to have the grace of God, you're going to have to have the peace of God, And you have to come to God with repentance. You have to turn to Him and you have to have faith and and put your trust in Him uh, as your Savior. Paul shares the whole counsel of God, the whole gospel. And then later on, you see Paul in Acts chapter 26. Acts chapter 26, beginning in verse 20. So Paul's now before uh, King Agrippa and he's basically giving his defense and uh, standing before him and. He's actually trying to share um, the gospel with King Agrippa. So he, here, here, here he is, he's in the middle of talking to King Agrippa. He says um, that he declared first to those in Damascus, then in Jerusalem, and throughout all the region of Judea, and also to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God, performing deeds in keeping with their repentance. So he start talking to him about repentance, turning to God, um, which that's simply what repentance is, and then, Let's look at verse 27. Verse 27. King Agrippa. Now he, he's putting it back on King Agrippa. King, King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know that you believe. So he, he t- said, you know, you come to turn to God in repentance and then believe. Well, the prophets are what they prophesied about Jesus and um, you know, the, about what he was going to do and the Messiah and uh, the Savior. And then, of course, you know, King Griffo responds in uh, verse 28. Says, uh, and says, Agrippa says to Paul, in a short time would you persuade me to be a Christian? So he's, he's listening to what Paul said, and Paul says, whether short or long, I would to God that not only you, but also all who hear me this day might become such as I am, except for these chains. Paul's bound, he's, he's in prison at this point, but even in prison, he's still testifying to the grace of God, the peace of God, he's still inviting others to come to repentance, to uh, come to faith in Christ, and to receive and experience that grace and peace themselves. Because that, that is the flow of grace. That's the rhythm of grace that J- Jesus sought us, that he seeks us, but we love because he loved us first. Um, so when we have experienced that grace, we want to share that. We want to uh, invite and to... Um, have others experience that grace, because that is the grace that that uh, covers all our sins. That's the grace that uh, gives us our relationship with God. Um, and that's the grace that leads to peace in this life and um, in the life to come. So there should be a a ripple effect, and that's how rhythms and, and flows, currents, everything that's um, healthy, you know, you, just like a body of water, if it's if it's not moving, moving is not healthy. Well, so it is with the flow of grace. You know, if the grace isn't moving, if we're not uh, pouring out grace and and, and reflecting that, expounding um, grace, then it's not going to. It just becomes stagnant, and that's that's where um, it's grace without any rhythm, without any flow. So. Of course, there's repentance and faith, and these are ongoing things that, you know, we, we have to confess our sins, uh, like First uh, John says, we confess our sins, be faithful and just, forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness, so that grace, yes, we have grace um, that we're saved and saving grace, but we also need grace for every day, um, and our, our walk with Him, our relationship with God, that uh, we need grace you know to sustain us and for the day to day for for life, and then we need faith. Uh, you remember the story where the the father told the told Jesus the father of the child who who was um, ill. He said, "Lord, I believe. but Help my unbelief." You know, we're, we're growing and and uh, our faith as well. All these things should be areas that we continue to grow and we experience them, but we grow in them, and then there's an output. Um, that's that is the way that God has it, that's the way that paul life reflects that, so as we look at repentance and faith, I want to take some time of have just repenting you know if it's if you haven't had that time where you've repented and believed in the lord then then that's an the opportunity for you. but if you are saved, then you you just have that uh, relationship where you come to god you, you um Acknowledge that you don't always live the grace the grace filled life uh that you don't always have faith and trust like you should, but that's where you know where Paul says grace abounds you know where we're sin is grace abounds more, it doesn't mean that you know and Paul talks about this, we don't just say well, forget it all if if grace covers it, then it, we don't need to worry about any of it that's that's not our response should be. It should be that because He loves us so much, we want to follow Him and to um, live in a way that reflects the love that He has in us. So um, for this next time of prayer, we're gonna do just that. And I'll share something that I learned in college that sometimes when you're reflecting on how, what you're praying and um, you know, reflecting on what God is working in your heart, what they shared with me in college was, uh, when I was in seminary, it was uh, the acronym, and you've probably, some of you have heard it, ACTS, where it's adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. Um, those are things that we all can do in prayer, because when you're, you're adoring God, you're confessing your sins, you're thanking Him for what He's, he's doing, you're, you're providing supplication, which means that you're um, praying for others, that you're uh, praying for the things in your life, and personally, I kind of switch the A and the C, so mine is caps, um, because to me, I feel like I've, I want my heart to be right before God before I start talking about adoration and thanking him and, and uh, supplication. So that's me, but the point is that you, you do that, that you that you spend time in prayer, you know in His grace, because um, I think sometimes we, could, we can also almost get numb to grace that you know because you know, unlike others who feel like they have to work and, and they're you know striving, we're we're resting in the in the finished work of Jesus. But that should compel us to still um, what Paul said: the love of Christ compels us. So we shouldn't be numb to grief. We should remain in all of it and uh, continue to reflect it in our lives. You know, uh, from you know ongoing and and, and going forward. So i'm going to just take some time of, of spending time and reflecting on repentance and reflecting on faith and and asking the Lord to just work in our hearts in those ways so Sydney will continue play, and we'll just take a few moments to just reflect on those two aspects as well so at first, looking at repentance, if there is anyone here who has not taken that step of repentance and turning to to the lord and and asking him to to save them that his arms of grace are wide open um, and his love is is exceedingly abundant um, beyond all you can ask or think and he, he's there with open arms so that's that's an invitation for you to come and and to put your trust in him and ask him to save you Acknowledge that you, that you're a sinner, that you fall short, that we we're not, uh, that we don't have it all together, but he does, and that we need a savior. We need somebody who paid the ultimate price on the cross for us to, so that we could experience grace, so that we could have peace with God, and that when he rose again, he, it was sealed, and, and that that is free grace available to us because of his sacrifice. So that's the initial repentance. But for those of us who are in Christ and and believers, we still have time to confession. And that's why I want us to just spend time confessing. Confess your sins to the Lord in your heart. Uh, Areas of pride, areas of where you, you know, it, it could be a lack of, trust, it could be dishonesty, it could be um, you know you know your heart you it's between you and the Lord but sometimes for me just reflecting on you know, start from the, the ground up you know look at your feet places your feet have gone that they should not go and, or places that you should have gone but you you did not go and uh, just reflect on that think of your, your hands. Things your hands have done that they should have done, that things that your hands have not done that they should have done, or things that your hands have done that they should not have done. Your eyes your eyes are what where the light comes in, and you know, Jesus said, you know, if the eye's bad, then the body's bad. And so think of your eyes and what you've looked at and what you've put your, your focus and your eyes on your mouth, the words that you've spoken? Have you have they been things that build others up and or have you brought others down in, in some ways? Have you had been short-tempered or um, used language you shouldn't have? Your mind, your thoughts? You thought of things that were honorable and and just and like the Bible says are things that were not honorable and think of your your heart because that's the wellspring of life have you had any animosity in, in your heart have you had a, a grudge or Have you not had a a humble spirit? You've you've not been just letting your heart be soft uh, and tender like it should be, and it had been more callous. Whatever it is, and there's all there's things that we can all just bring to the Lord and ask Him to to wash those wash those um, for us and because he is faithful and just to forgive us. So take time to just repent and confess. I want you to reflect on faith. Again, it begins with saving faith and that personal relationship with Jesus. But have you been growing in your faith? Have you been trusting God and with what He's doing in your life, even when it is beyond understanding? Have you been having faith in Future, or have you been bogged down by anxiousness or worry? Have you been able to say, I'm trusting in the Lord, and you know, like what Jesus said, let tomorrow bring what it, it does, and sufficient for the day is his own trouble? Have you had faith in what God can do that God? that nothing is impossible with God that when things look bleak God's still working have you had the ultimate faith that we know how the story ends that we're on the winning side with with Christ that his promise is behold I make all things new this is for a moment but God has it all together from everlasting to everlasting for all eternity. You have faith that when things seem either so big or so dark or so overwhelming, that you can say that you have faith in God that He's your anchor. regardless of what the wind and the waves do he's the anchor All right. So, just to to close, I'm gonna ask you know, invite everybody to just think on. You know, I know we covered a few different things, and uh, you know, maybe one is more specific in your heart and and your your need and what God's doing in in your life. That that at this point in time. But whatever it is, just that you would be honest with God, and that you would let God work and and to um, let Him move in your heart in that way. So, if if it's you know you need to rest in His grace or His peace more, or you need to just to come to Him, turn to Him in repentance and confession and having faith in Him, whatever it is, but just remember that it's that order. So don't don't try to short circuit things and um, or try to get ahead of things because it's the way that all through the Bible God works. But hopefully we can all be like Paul and, and be ambassadors of grace and to share the peace that um, we have in in Christ and to uh, help invite others to that, to come to have that relationship with God and, and of course that they can be part of the family and, and experience all that we have that we found in Christ, that the treasure is in Him.